0: Are you just going through the motions in your walk with Jesus? I want to thank you again for joining us this morning as we begin a brand new series, which is a real challenge uh, to all of us in our faith. And it's a challenge because it can be so easy just to go through the motions, just to kind of coast in our relationship with Jesus Christ, especially in this season of life that we find ourselves in. And without the regular connection of other believers. It takes an even greater effort to stay focused each day on the practices and the behaviors which are essential to grow in Jesus Christ. And so this series is designed to get us moving again. So how many of you would consider yourself a gamer? Now I realize that for those at a certain age, you might not even understand this phrase, but for those my age and especially younger, Gaming is a huge pastime. So the first computer game I played was on an Atari system that my in-laws owned. We played Pong. Very boring by today's standards. But then, a couple years later, I got a Commodore 64. And I started playing games like Zork and Wishbringer, which were text adventure games. That's right, children. No graphics, just text. And finally, Nintendo came out with their system, it was Super Mario Brothers, but you never ever wanted to hear this sound, and you always like to hear this sound. That sound indicated that you had power-ups, or in other games you were leveling up. No matter the game, If you were ever going to defeat the big boss, you had to level up. You had to advance to the next rank or to the next level. And as a Christian, to level up is to put effort into growing in our faith in Jesus Christ. It's not being complacent about our walk with Jesus, but daily striving to take whatever next step is necessary for our faith. When we accept Jesus' sacrifice as the payment for our sins and we turn to him in faith and trust for our salvation, we're made clean, whole, spiritually healthy, forgiven. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And yet we're still fallen human beings, living in a fallen world, and we will always struggle with sin. So we must continue to strive and allow the Holy Spirit to help us to grow in him and to rid ourselves of the things that entangle us and to put on those qualities, which please our Heavenly Father. And the consequences of not growing in our Christian faith, they're devastating. Which is the danger of just going through the motions. And so today we begin this new series called Level Up. To help us learn how to go to the next level of faith. To, to find the power and the motivation to keep growing in our walk with Jesus Christ. And we're using a passage of scripture from the writing of the apostle Peter. Peter, one of the 12 chosen by Jesus, the one who was really good at sticking his foot in his mouth. Peter was transformed by the power of God. And he chose to write two letters to a group of Christians, some of whom were just going through the motions. So turn to 2 Peter chapter 1 and listen as this passage is read to us by the Reddage family. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires.
1: For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control. And to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our lord jesus christ but if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and he has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins therefore my we- brothers be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I ended it well, did not.
0: Thanks, Marshall. You did end it very well. One part of this passage that really jumped out at me is the part about what we're promised as God's children. Verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I really like how the New Living Translation words this. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. That's an amazing promise. Everything we need for living a godly life. And it's not just by any power, but by His divine power, the power that created everything that we see around us, the power that parted the sea for the children of Israel to walk through to safety, the power that healed all manner of diseases through the work of Jesus on this earth, the power that brought Jesus from death to life, the divine power of Almighty God has given you and me everything we need for a godly life. Do you need God's power to overcome discouragement? It's available to you. Do you need God's power to bring peace when you feel turmoil? It's right here. Do you need God's power to help you overcome the addictions in your life? It's right here. Do you need God's power to help you stop judging and criticizing other people? It's right Here? Do you need God's power to give you the courage to speak up for Him? It's right here in His Word. How do I discover this power? Verse 3 goes on, through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Now, this concept of the knowledge of God and His Son Jesus Christ is to Peter really at the heart of this letter. Peter both opens and closes this letter with a very clear reference to the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. Verse two, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge, there it is, of God and of Jesus our Lord. Then at the end, chapter three, verse 17, therefore, dear friends, since you've been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Through the knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. Peter even talks about this knowledge in verse three of our passage. And again, in verse eight, And then in a similar vein, Peter states that the false teachers, they were the ones leading some of those Christians astray, that their fate will be all the more serious because they had come to know Christ, but then had turned away from that knowledge. Chapter 2, verse 20. If they, those false teachers, have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and overcome... They are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. So the key key question for you and I is, and we're going to spend much more time next week digging into this, but the question is just what knowledge are we talking about and where do we find it? If we really know God as our father and Jesus as our savior, then we have an intimate relationship with him. This is how this word is used often in scripture, an intimate relationship. So just like we have an intimate relationship with our spouses, those of us who are married, but that intimate relationship can only happen if we have significant knowledge about them what's important to them, their likes, their dislikes, their past struggles, their present needs. This type of knowledge takes a lifetime of listening and asking questions and making mistakes and paying attention. I remember early in our marriage, buying a computer game for my wife. Now you need to know that playing computer games is very low on the priority list for my wife. I was buying the computer game because I love computer games. My knowledge of my wife was very limited at that point. But the more I listen and ask questions and pay attention, the more I can do things for her that she loves. The more we know our spouses, the more intimate our relationships can become, and the more we know God and Jesus our Lord, the greater and more in-depth and more significant that relationships become. So how do we know God and our Lord? Through what we're doing even right now, the study of his word, the Bible. We do it through our small groups as we meet and we open the Bible and we learn together. But especially through those times when you personally focus each day when you seek God, and I see God through the study of his word, and I can't stress enough the importance of building this into our lives, this time where we open the word and we seek to learn more about God. And there's a danger in our church and our culture and society of putting characteristics and qualities on God that are more about warm and fuzzy feelings. I mean, knowing God does mean have a warm intimate relationship with our creator, but it also means understanding who he is and its implications. I mean, too often we're guilty of listening to the voice of our heart rather than the voice of God found in his word. And how foolish are we when we put our own will as being more valuable and respected than the will of God. I mean, take our world's view on sex. I mean, the Bible is very clear about the physical relationship we know as sex, that sex is reserved only for the committed relationship of a husband and wife. Any other type of sexual relationship is condemned in scripture. But the reason God has placed this boundary concerning sex is because of his great love for us. You see, he created us and he knows how wonderful this sexual relationship between a husband and wife is. It creates a bond that is essential to a healthy marriage. But he also knows the devastating consequences in our lives when we step out of those boundaries. But too often, Christians choose to allow their feelings about another person or their own physical drive to override the clear teaching of Scripture so to Peter, this knowledge of God, it's essential to our life. And this knowledge of God is only found in scripture. Too many Christians know too little about the God of the Bible because they just simply don't open his word and read. So Peter shares that it is God's glory and goodness, which leads him to reveal to us how real life is meant to be lived. What a promise. But we all wrestle with the pull of the world and the desires we feel in us and around us over against obedience to the will of god yet the more we get to know god the more we see his amazing love for us the easier it is to trust him that like a loving parent he knows best and will clearly let us know how we can live our best life here and now as well as eternal life to come his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So Peter gives us this amazing promise. If you grow in your knowledge of God, then you will discover the amazing promises of grace and peace and abundance, of a security in our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, of a life that is effective and productive, I mean, he even goes on in verse four to say this about knowledge, that through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Peter's stating that these promises found in the word of God are now available to us. They're now at our disposal, uh, providing for us, um, obtainable to us. This word participate means someone who has received a share. But the implication here from Peter is that though we may participate, in other words, that it is available, will we receive it? Will we participate in it? In other words, will we take that knowledge and apply it to our lives through obedience? if we take these very great and precious promises and apply them to our lives, number one, he says, we may participate in the divine nature. I mean, that's a promise of an intimate relationship. I come to know God. I, I participate. I, I know who he is. And number two, we will escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. With the knowledge of God found in his word, consistently applied to my life, I have the power to renounce the sin in my life. Ultimately, my escaping the corruption of the world will happen at my death or when Jesus returns. But through my relationship with God and growing knowledge of him through his word, i learn learned how to escape that corruption in this life right now. And through these next few weeks, we're going to level up in our understanding of God in some key areas of our life that will make such an impact. But Scripture is filled with promises that we can apply to our lives today. Now, some of those promises are not dependent upon us at all. They happen simply because God says this is going to happen. I mean, here's a promise God spoke to Noah that we still see practiced today. Genesis 9, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on this earth. That's a promise we see practiced even today. But many others are conditional promises. God says, this is what I will provide if you obey. And salvation is one of those conditional promises. Acts 2, Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It's a promise that we can accept by our obedience. There are other promises for the follower of Jesus. Um, the promise of answered prayer. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. The promise of deliverance from temptation. First Corinthians ten thirteen: No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. The promise that God will meet your needs. Philippians 4.19, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. All of the promises found in the word of God help us to either grow closer in our relationship to God, that's that phrase, participate in His divine nature, or they aid us in escaping the corruption of the world and overcoming the sin that we so struggle with in our daily lives. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. I want us to take a couple of minutes and answer a couple of questions to see how we can apply this passage to our life. So question number one is this, what are, what are you doing to grow in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? What are you doing? Well, here's some things you can do. Number one, open the Bible and read it. So, how many of you are the kind of people that read the fine print before you sign any document? In 2019, Squaremouth, a travel insurance company, hid the instructions for claiming a $10,000 prize in the fine print of every travel insurance policy it sold. The company planned to run the contest for a whole year. They thought it unlikely that anyone would notice the section titled, Pays to Read, on page seven of the nearly 4,000 word document. But they didn't count on high school teacher, Donnellan Andrews, the self-described nerd who said she always reads the terms, whether it's a digital software user agreement or a travel insurance policy. Andrews printed out her policy and sat down to read it right away, and soon she came across a section that said, This is a contest that rewards the individual who reads their policy information from start to finish. If you are the first to contact us, you may be awarded the Pays to Read Contest Grand Prize of $10,000. Anders immediately wrote to the company. She got a call back the next day to let her know she had won the $10,000. And the contest was only 23 hours into its year-long run. The comp- company estimates that only about 1% of its customers read their policies. Now, I know it sounds simplistic, and you hear me say it a lot. But the, the benefit from reading the Word of God goes way beyond a $10,000 prize award. Our creative team is already working on a toolbox of resources to help us focus each day on Jesus that we're going to be providing during our small group kickoff series starting in September. Because we want to help you keep your eyes up on Jesus and your anchor down in his word. But there are things you can do right now. Like for instance, find a reading plan to help you study the word of God. We talk about the YouVersion app all the time. It's a wonderful tool. And so open that up and start with the reading plan that takes you through one of the Gospels, like the Gospel of Mark or the Gospel of John. Get you a notebook so that you can write down your observations and your questions, but especially how you should apply this passage of Scripture. And as you study through the Gospels, make sure that you write down those promises of God that you come across. So we need to read the Bible. Second thing we need to do is you need to get in a small group and study with other people. In just five weeks, our small groups will resume with a unified study together. So on Sunday mornings, there's are going to be a message from the Bible. And then that week, each one of our small groups will study that passage together. And we're going to begin our time of signups for small groups starting next Sunday. But I'm asking you to make a decision today to say, I will be in a small group this year. And if you're already in a small group, make sure you text or email your leader and tell them I'm in. And the thing about this season of COVID, many of our groups are gonna stay online. So even if if you live in Lake St. Louis or Kirkwood or Alaska, you can join one of our groups, but imagine Studying a passage and hearing the insights of other believers and listening to their stories of struggle and hope and then learning how to apply the word of God and put those promises into your life. You need a small group. Number three, make a commitment to not miss a Sunday. I mean, one thing about COVID is how easy it is to participate on Sunday. All you need is your cell phone. And even if you're on vacation or at the ball field, or the church parking lot, you can join us. But easy doesn't mean unimportant. You and I need the weekly participation of God's people, the study of God's word to help us grow in our faith. So my challenge to you is make a commitment to not miss a single Sunday the rest of the year. So question one, what are you doing to grow in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And question number two, how are you applying his promises to your life? I mean, to apply God's word is simply to ask, you know, what do I need to do? I mean, as you're reading a passage in the gospel of Mark or some other place in scripture, when you end that passage, you need to always ask yourself the question, what is God saying in his word that I need to do? But application is also taking those truths, those promises, and regularly reminding yourself of what they say. One of the reasons I often emphasize how God sees us is because like many of you, I I, I wrestle with the voices inside of me that tell me that I'm just a failure. So I must take the word of God and his promises that he gives in that word. And I need to Tell them to myself, to declare them to myself, to regularly remind myself of what God says about me. In other words, about how God sees me. So let me show you how I take God's promises in truth and I apply them to my life. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So I take that truth and I say, Doug, you are no longer condemned for the sin and failure of your life because you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So you are in him. You have been set free by the spirit of God. Second Corinthians 517. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And I take that truth. And I say, Doug, you are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. You are a new creation in Jesus. Ephesians 1 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So I take this truth and I declare, Doug, Jesus bought you from slavery to sin by his own precious blood. Therefore he says you are forgiven, Doug. He says you are redeemed, that you are free. In Colossians 1 For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves. And so I take that truth and I declare, Doug, you're not a slave to your habits. You're not a prisoner to an addiction. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's life. So you you take the word that you're reading and you're writing down and you apply it to your life by declaring the truth of who you are in Jesus Christ. I mean, these promises are powerful. They give us everything we need to live a godly life. And so for the remainder of this series, we're going to build on the promises of God and learn together how to put the following into practice so that you and I can level up. So Peter goes on, verse five, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. That's the foundation, right? Add to your faith, goodness and to goodness, knowledge and to knowledge, self-control and to self-control, perseverance and to perseverance, godliness and to godliness, mutual affection and to mutual affection, love. Now we're going to be leveling up in our faith in Jesus Christ. And this passage is going to really help us in that. But Peter ends our passage with a great promise to those who make every effort and a very serious warning to those who are going to just keep going through the motions. Look what he says starting in verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your, and here's this word again, in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But what if you're just going through the motions? But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, You will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you just going through the motions in your walk with Jesus? I mean, it's time. Recommit yourself to living the life that God wants you to have that comes from his promises. I've really been struggling over the past four months in this area of coasting and going through the motions. I know part of it is the impact of COVID and what's happening in our church. Honestly, that's just a lame excuse. I really need the challenge of this series to help me to start putting the effort into my walk with Jesus that he, he deserves. It's time to stop going through the motions.
1: might hurt it's not safe but i know that i've got to make a change i don't care if i break at least i'll be feeling something Cause just okay is not enough help me fight through the nothingness of life i don't want to go through the motions